Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hi, peeps. It's Phyllis. Um, Just wanted to say hello today, and I'm excited about today's podcast because we are interviewing someone that I met last year at a leverage conference with Kathy Lip, and her name is Jen Buell. Say hello, Jen. Hey there. <laughs> welcome, welcome. So um, there's so much I want to ask you, but first I want to um, I want to get into uh, before we get into your story. I want you to tell me the name of your podcast and how that got started. My podcast is called Right There with You. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, it was for Christian single moms, but I've since expanded it a little bit to include not just single moms, but Christian moms who want to find resilient faith when life is hard, mm, who want that. to be able to tackle anything life throws at them and their kids, because we're all going to hit the rough spot. So right. having that community and support and and sharing stories of perseverance and resilient faith, I just really enjoy giving moms those tools. That's That's awesome. awesome. (laughs) That's so beautiful. So Jen is a mom of four children, ages 21 through 11. God bless you. Yes. And um, (laughs) (laughs) we're praying for you right now. Oh, my goodness. And um, Jen, the reason I wanted, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is because um, I have friends that are in similar situations as you. So Jen became a widow at a young age, and also you do have, one of your children is has autism. And I yeah. think just the fact and that you... Bless you. <laughs> uh, bless you for saying in my 40s was a young age. <laughs> it, well, according to me, it is because I'm 20 years older than you, so. You would never know oh, it, though. Lord. You would never know it. Um, that is young age for me, but yeah, it's still young. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I'm. I just admire that you uh, are this not only just a single mom, but mm-hmm. you know, a very busy single mom with with different challenges and things, and doing this podcasting thing. Because I know now that we're doing it, it's not an easy thing. No, it's not. We're like learning oh. every single day. That's for sure. And so I just wanted to first wanted to go kind of go back and ask you, like, what kind of dreams did you have as a, a young girl of who like pictured yourself? Did you picture yourself married, children, career? Like what what did you think about when you were younger, your 20, 20 year old self? Oh, my 20 year old self. OK, I was thinking my childhood self, but my 20 year old self definitely married. I got married at 21 to my college sweetheart, um, kids. And eventually a stay-at-home mom. I was raised by a stay-at-home mom that vehemently believes that is the only choice. And, you know, <laughs> bless my little young heart. That's I, um, funny. I had all kinds of opinions about that. But now I'm like, oh, bless my little heart. <laughs> uh, God can use working moms, 
stay-at-home mom, some combination of the two. It just matters that we love our kids, love him, and do our best. Yes, that is absolutely. so true. That. Yeah. That's great. So um, what was the biggest struggle that you had becoming, like, as an unexpected, like, single-widowed woman? Like, what was the biggest struggle that you encountered? The biggest struggle is the one I still have, and that's that everything depends on me. Yeah. And fighting burnout is extraordinarily hard. Yeah. Um, I can imagine burnout is What was that? I was going to say, I I imagine burnout can happen much quicker when you don't have a partner. Oh, absolutely. Like, before having kids, I thought, wow, single moms probably have it harder. Um, Before losing my husband, I should say, I thought single moms probably have it harder. But I really had no concept of how much more difficult it is because it's not just parenting on my own. It's handling the house and the car and the yard and the dog and what do you mean the lawnmower won't work and how am I going to figure out how to paint the living room because the white walls are driving me crazy, but I have no energy to do that. Mm. And and I'm terrible at budgeting. Words and I get along great, but numbers and I are not friends. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Right, and I get really, really mad at him for up and dying when two mm. things come up. That's making dinner and parenting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm a great baker, but, oh, my kids got me cooking lessons one year for Christmas oh. two years ago. <laughs> They're all hint, hint, hint. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Did they have oh, some crazy they, meals? They gave, it, they gave it to me with a smile that was like, um... We hope you like this. And I just laughed and laughed. Help us help you. <laughs> yes. That is like, funny. Um, wow. Last month, I got a coupon for a big discount on HelloFresh. My kids were oh. eating the best they've eaten in months. It's like there's instructions. The food is all there. You can't mess it up. We just we just did a podcast yeah. not too long ago. You're going to laugh when I tell you this because talking about HelloFresh, they're, they're going to need to sponsor us. That's all I'm saying. I just ordered yeah. all my, I ordered a Thanksgiving box because I'm like, I don't want to go to the grocery <laughs> store and do it. So you can have it delivered to me. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. Like I can't afford to do it long term. And my kids were really sad when I was like, this is the last box. <laughs> oh no. Hey, maybe once a month. Like maybe we can work that in, right? Once a month. We need a GoFunding yeah. account for Jen yeah. so she can get hello fresh. Right. I'm going to ask HelloFresh to sponsor you. How about that? Yeah, if you're listening to this, please help my friend. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is funny. So um, let me just ask you about from your kids' perspective, since you do have four of them, two boys, two girls, and what was uh, their growing up like? What was their experiences having to go through all of this with just um, the losing of their dad? And they were probably the youngest was probably pretty young, right? Yeah, they were between five and fifteen the night he died. Mm, yeah, actually, my oldest it was two weeks before his fifteenth birthday. Oh, um, gosh. he had the saddest birthday that year. Yeah. Um, I think the most difficult thing for me parenting them was walking four different personalities through the grief process. Yeah. So true. Yeah. You don't um, think about that. I don't think you think about yeah, that. Yeah. And 
I, I had learned a lot about grief. I don't know where, but somehow I have walked through lots of friends through grief, through miscarriages or stillbirths or loss. And so I had a lot of stuff in my tool bag, which mm. I'm very thankful for mm. um, because I could, I could customize it to each kid. Um, like when my oldest son and my oldest daughter, when they went back to school, I pulled them aside and said, you know, if grief sneaks up on you and you just need to come home, you have that permission to go to the office and call Yeah, and I'll come get you. And we try again tomorrow because life keeps going, Yeah, but Mm -hmm. this is okay. And then after a while that changed to, I'll come get you and take you for a slushie or some coffee to talk. And then we'll go back Mm -hmm. that day. Oh, that's good. Um, that's great advice. And my son with autism needed the structure of yeah. school. Right. So he went back mm-hmm. actually sooner because that was his normal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and a friend gave me a really great gift. She brought me a candle holder that had five spots for little electric candles. Uh-huh. And she took a label maker and she put each person in the family, including my name on the front. Mm-hmm. And she said, when you're feeling sad turn those candle on and that way you can let everybody know it's a tough grief day um without maybe having to talk about it but everybody knows yeah no go ahead and finish your thought I was just going to say that's awesome because I feel like so my daughter was four when her sister passed away and I, I do know that like the forever trauma you know, they still kind of have it and it's, it doesn't ever really go away. Yeah. Like for her, I feel like it's, it's, um, come out in, um, her A type personality and that she kind of has to be in control of things. But I'm sure with having multiple children, like, of course they're going to all dif- grieve differently, you know? So I yeah. do think like what great advice to like give them the space to grieve and have that space to be able to, to do it, you know, each individually. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it was, uh, we used that tool for a solid year, and then we moved to a different house in the same town. We just um, were able to do that. We had outgrown that house. It was actually one of the last fights I had with my husband was whether or not we should move. And uh, it was a God thing that he said, no, we shouldn't, because he was really handy, and the houses we were looking at were, like, needing a ton of work. And had I been in one of those when he died, I don't know what I would have done. Right. Like, he could fix plumbing and electrical and sheetrock. I'm killer at mudding and sanding. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a t- so, that yeah. would have been a tough one. And then that would have brought on more depression probably too, looking at a house that's unfinished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the houses we were seriously considering had had water damage, and so the sheetrock was missing from the chair rail level down on the entire first level. Oh. So, like... It, I would have had to figure out sheetrock and carpet and yeah. yeah. That's a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So during that time, you know, I know that you are, um, a beautiful Christian woman, but I would imagine that your faith was tested during that time. So did you like have all the feelings of being mad at God or the why me's? You know, I almost hesitate to give the answer to this because I think some people don't resonate with this, but no, I didn't. Yeah. The very, when the cardiologist, my my husband suffered a heart attack while at the hospital, we thought it was something else. Everybody Mm. missed it. 
Okay. And so they tried for two hours to save him. And when the cardiologist came in and took my hand and uttered, he's gone, mm. the only clear thought my brain could form was, I trust you, God. I trust you. See mm. what I can. That's beautiful. And I've shared this when I've talked at retreats about that moment, mm-hmm. that it's not because I'm so spiritual. That was me hitting rock bottom. And my rock bottom, thankfully, was my foundation of my faith. Mm. That's the only clear thing I could sense, feel, grasp for was God's not going anywhere. I have no idea what comes next. Right. But I do know God can be trusted. Hmm. That is just, that is beautiful. That is so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what I love about that too is because no one would fault you if you were angry at God, right? Because that's, right. you know, that is like a legitimate why me question when you're left with that. Oh, yeah. But I love that you had a different outlook on it because not, again, it's like not everyone has the mm-hmm. same experience. And so the fact that you can say, you know, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I know God's beside me is like such a beautiful, I love it's a calming force, you know. I gave my heart to Jesus at the ripe old age of five, and I never Mm. asked for it back. Mm. And I used to think that was the most boring testimony (laughs) in the world. But now I know that's one with deep roots. Yeah. And I love that, Jen. Those kind of roots. I love that. Those kind of roots withstand a hurricane, and I got hit with a hurricane. You did. Yeah. Well, he was going to give you a testimony anyway, I guess, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, because just because yeah. you grew up in church doesn't mean you don't have a, you know, God is, your life's perfect. Yeah. You know? I grew up in church too. I literally, we joke yep. and say I grew up under the pew because my dad's a pastor. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, I mean, girl, you've got all other kinds of Oh, I have a whole, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She no, does. but we do. We talk about expectations and sometimes as Christians how we, you know, expect that because we're Christians that we're not going to have any worries or suffering or, you know, whatever, but. You know, the fact is, is that God does make beauty from ashes, doesn't he? Oh, he absolutely does. You know, uh, the day after he died, well, there were, um, well, actually the days after he died, there were songs that I kept listening to on repeat. I remember just disappearing to where the computer was and going to YouTube and finding these songs. And they were um, uh, Jason Gray's Nothing is Wasted. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful song. Um, Matt Mars, Lord, I Need You. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Love and the Outcomes, We Can Trust Our God. Mm. And um, there's another one from Jason Gray I heard later, and that's not right now. And I think anybody who wants to understand how to approach someone when grief is fresh needs to listen to that song from Jason Gray, Not Right Now. It mm. talks about, you know, don't tell me while I'm bleeding that this happened for a reason. And it yeah. addresses how... Christians sometimes want to rush in with the platitudes mm-hmm. and a right. silver lining and a pretty bow on pain and suffering yeah. when we need a minute to yeah. grieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and, everybody wants to yeah. rush through, wants pe- to rush people through the grief process as well. You know, they want it to, I, um, you know, I don't know if you were aware, but we had a tragedy here in Gilroy not too long ago where we had a mass shooting. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, then there was another shooting yes, last week in Santa Clarita, California, and a gal, yes. one of the girls that was involved, with, that was at the shooting in Gilroy, posted, like, how can we get over what we're feeling when 
something like this happens again. And I just responded with like, you don't, you don't, it changes, it changes shape, but you don't. And, you know, you just have to remember that your grief is going to help somebody in the future too. So. I, um, I like to say that I'm a, uh, a Southern woman trapped in a Northern woman's body (laughs) because there are quite a few Southern things that fit me. Like, um, bless her heart. Um, anybody, from the South knows that doesn't have anything to do with blessing. No, no it does. It's kind of a oh, cuss was... word, actually, Jen. <laughs> it really is. And I had lots of moments after my husband died when people would say stupid stuff to me. And in my head, I would think, oh, bless her heart. Yes. She thinks that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> One of our podcasts was about stupid things that people say, like, uh, because both Rhonda and I had children babies that passed away and this people meant well but they would come up and say the dumbest things to us and you know we would just want to slap them but (laughs) we're like okay so we did the bless her heart thing and ran out the door and like I can't talk to this person anymore but it happens yeah I think I do feel like you know anybody who's gone through grief we need to just all collaborate and write a book on stupid things you don't say to someone (laughs) after someone's passed away yeah could yeah. be it could be a funny book or a very sad one yes. depending on how you look at it. Well, uh, it it's a chapter in one I'm working on. So, oh, uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> that is awesome. So, um, what kind of advice would you give to? I would just say any single mom that's struggling today. Is there some tips that you have for how you have maneuvered this life with your children as a single parent? I would say you may be single, but don't be alone. Oh, Find, find your people. Mm-hmm. Find your tribe. Find good friends that you can reach out to in a crisis. I did a blog post a while back on um, finding your emergency people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people surround you when loss happens and say, the least helpful but well-intentioned thing, and that is, if you ever need anything. (laughs) And when I've shared this, people have had lots of aha moments because they're like, why is that not helpful? And that's because I had like two pages of people I could have written down that said, if you ever need anything, Mm -hmm. which of them do I call when I don't know what to do with the gutters on my house? Yeah. Yeah. Which of them do I call when... I have to be at one place for one kid and this one needs picked up from somewhere. Mm. When you offer to help someone in crisis, you need to be specific with what you're willing and able to give. And uh, for single moms, compile your list of emergency people. Ask a good girlfriend that, or even an acquaintance that your kids go to school together. Hey, if I ever get the flu or my other kid has a problem, can you give my kid a ride home? Wow, that's Um, good. I like that. The specific have that Mm -hmm. list of people that you specifically can reach out to. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I would say is be part of a good church community. Mm -hmm. If your church doesn't seem to understand that you are a single mom doing the best you can, but you need some backup, um, I don't know how to find a new church. Well, (laughs) I just said it for you. Find a new church. Find a new church. I have an amazing church that has sent guys to my house when my kitchen faucet suddenly started shooting water at the ceiling out of nowhere. Um, They've helped fix my car. 
They have a car ministry. Guys who like to fix cars, fix cars. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, it's an amazingly practical ministry. Yeah. Um, But make sure you are tied into community, and not just for what you can give, get from it, but what you can give. Yeah. Uh, Being part of a church small group where you can bring a meal to somebody when you're, you know, in a season that you can do that. Not that first year of grief. Right, right. But where you can be part of community, giving and taking, and and caring for one another. I think we become very isolated in our society. I agree, and I know that you know Phyllis and I. We when we did one podcast, we talk about church community and how important it is. And a lot of times, you know, people think of church is this religious thing that you go and do on Sundays and but it's so much more than that and I think you know especially with you know church being online and those sort of things nowadays that people just feel like well I watch church online and I'm good but it's not about that it is about community and I I agree with you I mean when when we had loss as well I mean I had meals for months you know and it it is awesome to be able to have that church community that's really great advice yeah. I had amazing, not only church community, but uh, mop community, and then ripples that went out from there. Mm-hmm. I, I It was 14 weeks after my husband died before I had to buy toilet paper. Oh, I mean, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a beautifully practical need somebody took care of. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's another suggestion for your listeners. Think about the out-of-the-box practical mm-hmm. ways you can help somebody in crisis whether they've just become a single mom. And I will also take another little rabbit trail here. That includes the mom whose husband went bat crap crazy and ran off to Fiji with his secretary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yes, true. Nobody brings true. a freezer meal when your husband cheats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? A cheater meal. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> and make right? sure you include ice cream with that one. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, oh, my God. Big chocolates. Yeah. It's so true. I have a so friend who discovered um, her husband had been sleeping with her best friend for five years. No. Her marriage fell apart overnight. And I watched the stark difference between how people responded when my husband died wow. and when she suddenly became a single mom. Yeah. You good know, tip. that is such good tips, too. I know that I had a girlfriend, too, that her husband had left her and... Um, she was just feeling so discouraged. I didn't know what to do for her because I, I mean, I hadn't been in that position. And so I just, right. I sent her a journal and I sent her uh, the Jesus Calling book. And I just said, look, I don't know what you're going through, yeah. but when I was going through my deepest, darkest times, these are the two things that got me through. And she did. She appreciated it. And now she can look back and see how far she's come, you know? So definitely mm-hmm. practical gifts or something I love that though forget. of just like offering a meal or something mm-hmm. because it is like a death yeah. when your husband leaves you and um you know you're still stuck with life and your kids and we don't think about that uh I think we feel or it's death without a funeral yes yeah. totally that's great only you you know you have to live it every <clears throat> single day especially if you have kids and you're yeah. dealing with custody issues and yeah. all of those kinds of things so yeah that's great yeah. advice. I thank you for that because I never thought of it that way. And it is yeah. true. Like they are suffering just as much from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you, Jen. Um, so another question I have is what are you most proud of in raising your children? I'm proud that um, they're turning out amazing. Yeah. Um, they're not perfect, 
What? Um, you don't have perfect children, Jen? I know. We do. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like, everybody else thinks to have everybody. perfect children. Okay, I'm also proud that I haven't killed any of them. Oh, that's that. awesome. <laughs> well, I you mean, know, to be determined, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, my tween just learned to roll her eyes at me. Oh, <laughs> Girl, we, we have two daughters, so we know that very yeah. well. The eye roll. I want to, like, smack their eyes out of their head when they do That's that. That's funny. <laughs> right? Cute. Yeah. But I, I am I am proud that of, well, I'm proud of them, but I'm also proud of some of the job I've done in helping them yeah. navigate this. And let me just say I haven't got it right, like, anniversaries come up mm-hmm. and I don't know whether I should bring up their father or if I'll make them sad out of the blue. Wow. Yes. Like that's something to also be sensitive to, to uh, a widow mm-hmm. who has kids is she's just trying to figure this out as she goes. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing the best I can and learning to apologize to them when I mess up. Yeah. That's big. That's a big, I think that is a really big thing. And Phyllis and I offline had a conversation about that. Like, it is so hard sometimes to admit you're wrong as a parent. But the times when I have just totally screwed up, the apologizing to my kid and just showing them that I'm human and Mm -hmm. that I'm not perfect is key when you're raising them. I just feel like they feel like, okay, my mom isn't always perfect, you know? Yeah. See, I'm, uh, I was raised in a house where yelling was a, uh, a disciplinary tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so uh, my outgoing, loud personality, I yell when I get upset. <laughs> and three of my kids withdraw if mm. I turn into Volcano Mom. And <laughs> oh, there have yeah. been several times when, yeah, like, you know, blow your top. Yeah, volcano oh, mom. yeah. yeah. Uh, where I've had to come back and, and just say, no qualifying. No, like, you deserved, you messed up. No, just, mm. I should not have responded that way, and I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? Mm. I just, I, and, gosh, you have got the best heart. I just love that because I'm a true believer in that, too. Like, you may not always see yeah. eye to eye even. I mean, your children could be right at times, you know. <laughs> you're not always right yeah. just because you're the parent. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like so many people just don't do enough of the I'm sorry, you know, genuine I'm sorry. Not I'm sorry because I want to get over this. I'm sorry because I'm genuinely right. sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, parenting is one of those things I get most upset about him for dying because, you know, if I am having a bad day and flying around the house on a broomstick, I used to have a husband <laughs> to direct me to fly outside for a Right, right. So you got a break. Yeah. Yeah, he was like the the negotiator. That's what my husband is. Like when my daughter and I'd get in a fight, he's like, "Go to your room and you go to your room," you know. Yes, if I'm acting crazy, I used to have a husband to tell me, "Uh, you're being crazy. Why don't you go take yeah. part? I'll handle this." Yeah. Oh, that's great. Gosh. Yeah, so I um I also I have a friend here in town. I know she's excited about hearing this podcast. She actually is also a widow and um I will say a young widow too. And she has a daughter and then her twin sons are autistic. And she had a question of like, uh, how, who do you go to when you just need that alone time? Speaking of that, you know, of you usually have a husband, but when you don't have one, and especially when, you know, you can't just 
walk out the door because you have this child that needs you. Um, is there yeah. something, some kind of advice you can give to her of where, where do you go to um, when you need that time? In the early days, uh, in the early years, I should say of grief, cause it's far beyond days. Mm-hmm. There were nights when I was just done yeah. and suddenly it's an hour past her bedtime and my youngest comes up crying because she misses her daddy and my autistic son is having a meltdown and my daughter is having a panic attack because she struggles with anxiety and my son has withdrawn to his room because he just can't handle the noise anymore and like moms don't get to quit I'm a firm believer in that as hard as this is their development their care is too important for me to tap out so I had friends that I could send a quick text to and say, everything's falling apart. They couldn't fix it, but they could Mm -hmm. listen. And I would say she needs to find a few close, trusted friends Mm -hmm. that she can send a text from time to time that just says autism sucks. (laughs) I've done that. Love it. And my friend doesn't need to have an autistic kid to understand Mm -hmm. that I'm a good mom and I'm trying my best, but autism just is hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... To be able to reach out, that lifts the burden a little bit. To just have someone to share that with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah. That's good because I think even just normally as a mom, there are times when you want to tap out and, you know, you don't get that luxury when, I mean, it's so true that you can, when you have a husband, you can just say, I need to take a bubble bath or I need to go for a walk and you can just leave the kids with them. But when you don't have anyone to go to... You don't have that luxury. Right. Yeah. So that's great advice. Now Thank I, you. <clears throat> I have hidden in my closet with my cell phone and called a friend with grown kids and asked if I was being crazy. <laughs> and well, she, hopefully she said no. Well, Jen, if you lived here, I'd let you borrow my closet because that's the running joke here. Is she has an amazing I closet. I have this closet that's nice and big, and, and I've learned that when I want to lose my cool, I have to, I'll say, I'm going to the closet to pray, and everyone knows She's going to go. She lost it. Yeah, she's lost her mind. <laughs> but, you know, it's big enough to where I can sprawl myself out on the floor and cry if I need to. <laughs> it's like a mini apartment. Like, it's perfect. We just need alcohol oh in there. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I have chandeliers in there and everything. Makes me feel very fancy. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a picture one day of my closet. We'll yeah. do a podcast in there one day. <laughs> too funny well okay so one last question is do you have a bible verse that you go to often to um just relieve you uh it used to be be still and know that i am god Mm -hmm. and it has recently become ephesians 2 10 for you are god's masterpiece created anew in christ jesus to accomplish good works that God has designed for you to do. And I think I'm paraphrasing that. But I read in an Emily P. Freeman book that the word where we get masterpiece is Mm -hmm. poema. It's Mm -hmm. the same Greek word that gives us poem. And to think that God calls us his poetry, his work of art, is such an intimate thing that it helps me take a deep breath and embrace the things that make me unique as a mom, as a woman, as a speaker. And the second part of the verse is that he's created things just for me to do. Mm. Wow. And that is a gift that 
each of us, God's created stuff that he's like, you know what? This is perfect for her to handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remembering that those kind of things are in our lives. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, leading an army or being the next Nobel Prize winner. Right. That could be raising an amazing child yeah. who will change the world one person at a time. Or it could mean making numbers sing on a spreadsheet at work that helps a business thrive. Whatever mm. it is God has created you uniquely for, there can be such joy in knowing that that was intentional. I love that. That is that's, beautiful. Yeah, that's that amazing. is like you the, are unique and you're a masterpiece, Jen. You Buell. are like I feel like I found a new friend now. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I love new friends. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us where they can find your podcast? Where they can find you on Instagram or if you have a Facebook? Just tell us a little bit about that so we can have our listeners find you. Absolutely. My website is Jen Buell. J-E-N-N-B-U-E-L-L.com. There's links to the podcast there. You can sign up and you'll get notifications when a new podcast comes out. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts and sign up. The podcast is right there with you because I am right there with you. <laughs> uh, they, can, they can find me on Instagram, Jen underscore Buell. And uh, they can find me on Facebook, Jen Buell. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and 24 Carat Tribe. We want to remind you to subscribe and share and like, and you can follow us on Instagram on 24 Carat Conversation Podcast. We have been so blessed to have Jen on today, and we hope you enjoyed this. And until next time, 24 Carat Tribe, shine on. Bye. Bye. Bye.